Tim, it's been a long time, mate. Um, I don't know what's happened to us. I think some people might have thought we'd given up on podcasts. Well, we have been a little bit behind, haven't we, Mark? But you know what they say? We're back. That's the We're main thing. back, and we promise that we'll be a bit more regular, but we've just had a few things going on in the background, and not just the COVID things, other things as well, but... Um, we're happy to be in a regional market, which is pretty pretty buoyant, and everything's happening, mate. Oh, it's good to be back. I've missed catching up with you, Mark. Yeah, I have too. You wouldn't believe how how little I see you in the same office. I know. It's uh, <laughs> normally just late at night. That's about the only That's time we yeah. communicate. Yeah, you're still here and I'm still here, and we go, where's everybody gone? I know. Oh, I know. goodness me, mate. So, mate, I thought, um, I thought we had a really relevant thing that we could probably talk about today. Um We've had a recent uh, retail tenancy change of laws, basically. So, so that's finally come into effect, has it? Yes, yes. For, as you know, it's been slated for a long, long time. But, but um, at the end of March, so we've really been living it for about six weeks now. Yep. Um, it's come in and there sort of seems to have been a little bit of panic out in the market. So I thought we might just talk about a few changes and... You know, you'll have an easy night, really, mate, really, mate I'd say. <laughs> well, we probably won't get through it all, but hopefully I'll learn a bit and I can maybe ask some common questions that you probably get along the way. Yeah, look, that would be good because I think, I think um, basically we want to just take a little bit of the mystique away from it because there has been, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a few rental properties actually put up on the market because people are probably scared of what it really means. Yeah, I think sometimes when anything like this happens, there can be a bit of fear and people go, oh, well, we've got to get all these things done. And rather than, you know, work through it, you know, in a normal fashion, they just panic and go, oh, well, get rid of it. But maybe sometimes it brings forward people, Mark, who had been thinking about doing it anyway. So maybe some of them have been brought forward and gone, well, the market's red hot. We were going to get rid of it in 12 to 18 months. Let's just do it now. Do you think maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah, look, I probably do. Um, and there's your phone ringing just to prove, mate, that we are very busy in this well, place. Well, the office phone. Like, oh, no, my, this one's on silent. I'm not sure how to turn that one off. Mine's on silent as well. Yeah. All I'm saying is I'm glad we're doing this in your office and not mine. Yes. Because you would never let me hear the end no, of it. No, no. <laughs> anyway. No, I think that's true, though, Tim, is that people... People may have been thinking about it for a while, but we have seen a bigger amount of uh, of properties that, that are investment properties go on the market. And it's probably in a lot of times the ones that maybe they have to do a few things to bring them up to standard because there's been a fair few changes in the rental standards. Yeah, so we'll try and keep things without getting too specific. Oh, this could be really boring. boring if we yeah, <laughs> we could spend literally days on this and we yeah. want to keep it you know, somewhat light. But... Is my understanding is that there's been new minimum standards brought in that investment properties that will be leased out have to meet certain criteria or they can't they're not fit for purpose I suppose and they can't be leased out is that correct? Yeah, look, that is that's it in a nutshell. And even yeah. some of those that even were made the last draft, yeah, all of a sudden they got changed right at the end or even in the first couple of weeks. So there is already it's it's a moving document still. Yeah. So. Basically, anything that has been leased since March, the end of March has to meet these criteria. Is yeah, that, that correct? Yeah, that's correct, but it's a really interesting thing because you would think, therefore, the person who just says, oh, I'll just let it go to a month-to-month tenancy and then I don't have to worry about the new act. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been a bit clever about this. So a, a new lease is basically anything that gets advertised or it's, a, or it's a change in the lease. So if it's been a fixed-term lease and it's got to the... 
12th month and it hasn't been released, but it's just gone to month to month. According to the Act, that's now a new lease. So basically... So it's not on all properties, it's on all new leases. It's on all new leases. So, yeah, so if I had a property lease for five years and I don't change it, then I've got five years to... Yeah, not quite, but you're very close. So basically, there's a sunset clause that says everybody has to be up to minimum standard within three years. Okay. But the sensibility of having it not on all properties, we've already found that some of these things, we've got a to-be-advised date, because if they've all got to get done, there's not enough people to do the changes. So that's why at the end of the lease, so if you've got one that was leased, for instance, for 12 months in March, it's not going to have to have any changes done to it till March next year. Okay, so let's say I have a property and the lease finishes tomorrow, being you know the end of May. It finishes tomorrow and my property doesn't meet minimum standards. What happens, or what happens if I put a tenant in and I don't have those standards met? I suppose am I liable? What what's around? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. The answer is you can't probably get everything done immediately if there are. Mm-hmm. Say we're talking about the properties that need the most change. Mm-hmm. Realistically, the most important ones is that some of the things that we used to advise as good practice, but people didn't necessarily do, are now compulsory so you've now got an electrical safety check a gas safety check plumbing safety check and you've really always had smoke detector checks so annually for all of them no for the only one for, that's annually is smoke detectors which makes a lot of sense because we're talking about batteries and things yeah. such as that and people think oh i've got a directly wide in one it still yeah. has a backup battery because it might be the power's off and that's how the fire started. And the others? The others are every two years. Okay. So realistically, and the other good thing about it, apart from the compliance check, that means some properties are perfectly up to standard right now and all they then need is another check in two years' time. So it's just good practice. Yeah. But if it's an old property and it has, and it's not up to standard, really the process has to be started. You can still have a tenant in there because if you can't necessarily get everything done at that very minute. The only time when that becomes really an urgent thing is if the tenant asks when was it last done and when is it up to standard. Then you've got a time period that you have to get complete get done. So, but generally, as long as the person is prescribed, and we've got, we've been working pretty hard, and I'm sure other agents probably have as well, to actually create packs to get a bulk buy on some of these compliance yeah, I was things. going to say, I'm sure there's companies or we're speaking to people who can go, right, we'll do the whole lot for X amount, and that does plumbing, gas, just sort out the whole a- lot. Absolutely right. And, and we probably narrowed down to two companies, and I'm not necessarily going to mention the names of here today, yeah. but basically one's a local company and yeah. one's a national company. And they do things a bit differently. One of them charges exactly for the work. Another one prescribes the thing so that spreads the payments out over every year so that they're pretty even. Um, And as long as that's in process that you have adhered to the fact that you are going to get them done, whether they're done or not right when the lease starts, that's fine. Yeah, so like most things, if you seem to be doing the right thing, you should be okay. Yeah, uh, look, it's uh, they've been reasonable in the respect that they know that these aren't going to ha- all happen in one day. Yeah. We don't have enough tradesmen to do all the checks in, in one day. And Mark, we won't, again, we don't want to get into specifics or companies, but ballpark, like to get some of these checks done, we talk, I assume we're talking a couple hundred bucks or thousands or what are we? Yeah, well, it depends on whether you've got, so some properties... So if, if I need nothing done... 
if you need nothing done, checks. but you would have a minimum, you'd have electricity. So you might not have any gas in the property yep. and you'd have smoke detectors. So yep. smoke detectors has pretty much always been the same. It's $99 annually, yep. but that also covers if the detector needs replacing, if it needs batteries, if it doesn't need mm. batteries. And yep. more importantly, the certificate which says that you are, that, which sort of is like an insurance that covers you if a place does burn down, yep. that at least those standards were met. Um, the other, if it's only one appliance, so if you've only got electricity, it can be as little as a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, if you're doing the whole lot, so you're putting them all bundled in together, it's probably more like a thousand bucks the first time if you're doing them all together, or it does change depending on which one you use, but it will settle down. Yeah. So, Mark, obviously I'm looking here at pages and pages of what all the new changes <laughs> it are. It could look a bit daunting. So, and obviously we're communicating with our landlords and, you know, we've sent them all sorts of stuff and spoke to them one-on-one, all those things. But, Absolutely. But if I'm, say I'm leasing out my own property privately or if I want to copy this document or changes how do i get my hands on that like is it something we can send to people oh absolutely um and quite look even if you're a i'd be happy to send out the document to anybody whether they were one of our um people or not and what it might be and i think this is probably where it, it might change things a little bit i think it's going to be harder realistically because to actually manage your own property yeah i wouldn't want to um and i, and I think it's you know for for what an agent charges, then they take over the process and actually work it. You still decide, I don't want that that person to do it, I want somebody else to do it. The other thing is, you you might get your check and you and there might be, say, one thing that needs to be done. Let's just hmm. say it's an upgraded switchboard. Yep. You're perfectly able because you've actually got, you'll have everywhere where it's compliant and you might have just that. You're able to go with your own quotes as long as that's done and completed, then your place is compliant. So I think the scare thing is for some people is they think, oh, this is going to cost me that much every year. It won't really because if you get it up to standard, your estimation realistically will be the following year and the following year and the following year, they'll be up to standard. It's really about getting that level the first time. Yeah, and Mark, I'm clearly not an economist or claim to be one, but I understand how a market works. So I would imagine... Let's say people panic and sell their rental properties. Therefore, there's less rental properties on the market. <laughs> Therefore, rents will increase. Therefore, people can afford to spend a bit more on them because their rents increase. So surely this will balance itself. Oh, look, I, and I think that's the most pertinent thing. I'm not saying rents are going to go up or down or anything, but the market oh, always seems to find I, I would probably level. be pretty confident in saying there is going to be a rise in rents to cover the, these compliances. However, I would also say that what the tenant will get for that is a safer mm. house. Yeah. And, and realistically, the full, that, that won't be known for probably the two-year to three-year cycle. Yeah. But the other thing to consider is that you, in, a, in economics is that you can claim all of these checks. You can claim the agent's fees. So realistically, when you start looking at it, um, it's probably not as big an impost as most people think. I think there's that fear. But the reality is it's usually much simpler. Well, you're also, you know, essentially if your property's in good condition and got the right, you know, checks and the right switchboards and stuff, your asset's worth more as well. Like your, your asset is going to worth more. If you've got to go and spend some money on, you know, getting some windows fixed or, you know, some drafts fixed or whatever it needs to be, 
Well, then your property's going to be well, worth look, more anyway. Look, a really simple thing. Most sale properties these days end up with a building building um, inspection. Yeah. If you've already got your house complied as a rental, when you go to sell it, it's going to be it's going to have less things to knock on a building report as well. So Correct. it's common and, sense. And if you're selling it to an investor. Then it's already ready. Yeah. So they know they can actually take on that and say so, last compliance was done at and that's okay. Well, yeah, so the compliance, if I buy a property that had compliance done a month ago and it passed, does that compliance stay with that property and pass yeah, over to me? Great question. And yes, it does. So realistically, it's about the previous date of when the compliance has been done and therefore yeah. when it's due. So yeah. that would stay with that property because it's a compliant property. Yeah. And let's say... I need some plumbing done to get it compliant and I get the plumbing done and down the track it's discovered that that wasn't done right. I assume the liability is then back on the plumber, is that? Absolutely, because they would have a report saying exactly what needs to be done to bring the property up to compliance. So with most of these companies, they will offer you a quote for them to do it and in some cases that might be the easy thing. But if you've got your friendly local plumber who may not be able to do the compliance certificate, but they can do the work. If you can save one, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So without going through everything, like we've obviously got a summary of changes. So is the main one around like gas, electric, electricity, smoke alarms? There's probably some stuff around swimming pools by the look of this. Yeah, and look, the swimming pool ones and the, and the spa ones, all they're really bringing is an up-to-date of what a council would ask for anyway. Yeah. Because you, the city of Ballarat, for instance, if you've got a spa, it, it actually has to be registered with the council. For them to tick it off as a usable spa, you would actually all, already meet what's required here. Yeah. So I suppose it, in, in a lot of ways, it's actually bringing them all together. And I'm just reading through this, like, you know, vermin-proof rubbish bins. Well, that's your standard rubbish bins. That's that's a council bin. Toilets. The rented premises contain a toilet that is in working order and appropriately connected to sewer. It's common sense, isn't it? So so when you look through, there's all they've probably done is brought up the documentation for a lot of things. I think if you... you, the, The changes really are on those compliance certificates which are for safety. Now, as you've already alluded to, it's going to improve the property. It's going to make your tenants happier. They're going to they you, they might pay you more rent because they're more comfortable, and they're not going to leave the property because it's not you know that it, it's not a comfortable property. What about uh, they're no longer landlords, Mark? We're well, no this is a re- this part I think's a bit. I'm going to say it. I think it's a bit silly. So <laughs> the correct term now is a residential. Rental provider? Is well that done. Residential rental Rent- provider. RRP. Which will become RRP, which people get confused with recommended retail price. And but a, it's the same and a, thing. And a tenant is a renter. Is a, is a renter. And renter. you would have maybe noticed some billboards like ours, for instance, have changed. So it now has rented rather than leased. It yep. now has for rent. Um, simple little changes. The idea of that is that what happens with language over time is that terms... Sometimes people think they're derogatory. There was a thought that a tenant was a derogatory term, so renter is... Now, I I don't subscribe to that, Tim, but I think that's what's happened is that, you know, some people probably with higher standing than you and I... Yes, that decided that That's not a nice thing to call them. Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, look, I don't really think it matters whether you call them tenants or renters as long as people don't take offence, as long as everybody knows what it is. Yeah. 
So why do you think, Mark, some people have sort of been panicking? Do you, do you think the people who have done that just haven't understood what Look, needs to be done? I think or? so. I'll use, two, I'll use two cases that I think have been brought out by the media. One of them is that, that it's been widely broadcast by the media that renters or tenants can change things with, you know, without asking. Yep. So the reality of that, that's $500. If you put a number of picture hooks up, mm-hmm. that's your $500 to have it restituted back. The other part of it, you have a bond and they have to bring it back to the way that it was before. So if they're going to make a change, so they paint a wall of your office red, Tim. Yes. They'd have to paint it back to white again. Okay, so they're allowed to paint it red and I can't do anything. Correct, but they like, have to paint, paint it, back. it back to white. But also, if they if that's beyond that $500 work, they actually still have to ask permission. You can still say no. Okay, so if they wanted to paint the whole house, which was going to cost more than $500, yeah. they would have to get permission. And then there's also an opportunity to go to VCAT and say, <clears throat> well, that's a lot of work. I I want it back the way that I want it. I'm going to ask VCAT for a higher bond. Okay. So you can yeah. do that. So like when you start getting through the reality, they can't just make changes. Yes. It's a little bit just so the idea is that they feel like it's their own home a bit more and therefore get a bit more comfortable in the in the residence. One thing that has changed, Mark, in relation to selling a property that's leased is every time the sales agent does an inspection there is a small discount in the weekly rent. Yeah, and we look at it as a rental holiday for the for the little bit of um, inconvenience and for yep. them to actually, rather than say, I don't want you in, and for to hopefully maybe them vacuum the floor, yep. that on a sliding scale, depending on what the rental is, they get a little bit off. That's actually yeah. gone really and, well. And it is a sliding tip. scale, but I think generally it's about 25 or $30. 30, 30 odd yeah. dollars for probably where the Ballarat average is, which yep. is, so if it's about a $300 rent, you're giving them about 25 it's $400 of rent, you yeah. give them about 35 Yeah. And, and when you think about it, to have the tenant much happier for all the inspections, it's actually yeah. worked really well Yeah. In, in a, on a small um, scale. And when you look at, you know, the fact is that if you've got a tenant who's making the sale more easily, easy for, you, for, the, for the seller and they get more, more money for that sale because it's better presented, I think it's a win-win for everyone. I don't think it's a major issue. So... Mark, even after someone's listened to this in-depth discussion, they, <laughs> yes. they, they may have a question or two. So obviously if they're a client of ours, they ring us and get some advice. And if they're not, they probably ring us and you'll give Absolutely. them some advice. I'm anyway. happy to give them some advice. This, look, this is a major change, but I don't think it's a major scary change. The other one that I just mentioned, because it, because it was also broadcast, mm. the answer is that you can't say no to pets. And it sort of mm. came in. The interesting thing about that, I actually think the pet thing's got a lot stronger than it ever has on the landlord side. Because in the past, if you had rented a property under the act as it was, and they got a puppy six months later or a kitten six months later, and you then found it in the house, you can do nothing about it. As a landlord, you could do nothing about it because it was... Considered an RRP mark, a residential That's right, a residential rental provider. You're catching on. I really like that. Very, very quick. The difference is now they actually have to tell you what the pet is. So there isn't that... So if they get that puppy, they've got to ring and say, hey, there's nothing you can do, They actually have to submit a form. Yeah. And then if they don't do that, the rental residential provider, Tim, for the first time ever, can actually apply to have that pet removed. 
Oh, so we went and did an inspection and there was yeah. two puppy dogs and they hadn't yep. provided that. Yep. They could ask. They actually could go through a process. They've never yep. had that right before. It was just so savvy um, tenants or renters, as we now yep. call them, could have just got something in knowing that I'm not going to mention it because the landlord might not like it. But the other part to that too is there is common sense as well. If you've got polished floorboards and mm. you've got a German Shepherd or something which is going to be big and heavy horse. And, and have a chance of gouging the floor, you can rightly say no. Okay. So yeah. you can say no for the right reasons. Yeah. The, other, the other exception is you do have, although you would have to go to VCAT, if, if you had circumstances where it's your own property and that you were only moving for a period of time, you have a few more rights as well. But the answer is it's actually working. Again, it's working well. People know what they're going to have if there's a genuine reason why you shouldn't have them and a lot of people were were probably dis- were were able to not have a pet because somebody said I oh, you can't have a pet and it was always going to be in the backyard if yeah. if they apply and they say it's always going to be in the backyard but we you know we've got a pet i think again common sense the act is not as bad as what it's been portrayed yeah so to summarize from what i'm hearing mark i would say don't panic that's I mean, exactly right. I'm in sales, so I'm all for sales, but I would say don't panic. And even if you're thinking of selling, find out the right information first because you may find that it's not as bad as what you might think or you actually might not need to spend much to get it to where it needs to be or it might need nothing. Oh, I've got a lot of the cases not going to need yeah. anything at all. Yeah. Um, or, you know, or it's going to just need to check everything. Now, I, I've got to say that I've been, we've been having tick boxes for plumbing and gas and ever since the carbon monoxide issue, which unfortunately took some lives of some kids, mm. a lot of the rent, rental providers, as we're now calling them, were happy to tick that box anyway. Yeah. The only difference is where they had a choice before, every two years you've got to see that it's in working order. Yeah, and I think that's just good for everyone. Yeah, so I think, I think that was why it was important to actually talk yep. about it today, just to say it's not, don't be scared, ask the questions. Um, the... Process is relatively simple. It's just formalised a few things. Last one for me, what's the vacancy rate at present? Vacancy rate in Ballarat at the moment is 1.4%. And my understanding is 3% is considered a balanced market. So therefore we are, yeah, it's hard to get a rental. It's hard to get a rental. And then if you look at agencies like ours, we're under 1%. Yeah. So that means in real terms, less than one property in 100 is vacant. Yeah. So... It's a great time, I think, to be an investor and to be a landlord. Um, Rents are going up because prices are going up in houses. So I think, you know, you're in a good position. It's it's certainly not the time to throw the baby out with the bathwater, Tim, and and lose your rental properties. Not great if you're a renter, but if you are, get in touch and we'll try and... Look, the thing about that is that you may... If there's a lot of work to be done to a property, which that's the few, the rent might go up, but you're going to be in a safer and better home. Hmm. I agree. Well, I think that's good to be back, Mark. It's fantastic to be back, mate. I think we'll get you um, doing more talking next time. I think so, yeah. Because I think they like your voice better than mine. Keep keep people awake and all that. But I learned a bit tonight, so that was all right. And um, we've got a few that are few people that are being upset that we haven't done. Um, oh yeah, well, what about? While. I haven't even heard from our mate Jeff. What's well what? because we haven't had podcasts, mate. I know. So uh, we, we'd love to hear some more. And look, I think things like this comes back to what we always say. 
we love questions. We'd love to be able to try and talk to you and help you yeah. with some answers. And if we don't know, we'll find out and we'll continue getting some guests along. But now that things have got a bit more normal out there, we hope to do this a bit more often. Yeah, I think that'd be good. And it's easy to get guests on, all those sorts of things. Yeah, so. well, we really struggled because you could have, couldn't have them in yeah, the same spot. Tricky, yeah. We actually thought about doing some via Zoom. We our, didn't think how that was going to work. Te- our technology <laughs> is not that good, Mark. No, but it's great to be back, Tim, and uh, um, it's good to have hopefully some people out there. If they've got questions, please don't hesitate. That's what we're here for. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. Until next time, Tim. See ya. See you later, mate. Bye.